BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. Today, what happens when you're working 24 hours a day to build a border wall and work is ordered to suddenly be halted? You might be surprised by the impact. Visiting the southwestern border, as I recently did, was a real eye-opener. I went with the idea in mind to see what was really going on, particularly after the Biden administration said that there was no crisis at the border. And I mentioned in last week's program that every law enforcement official we spoke to said the opposite. The crisis is already here. And you could look at last week's program and see the numbers that they're being quoted. There's hard data showing the escalation in illegal drug trafficking and illegal immigration in a pretty short period of time as the Biden administration takes quick moves to reverse and erase President Trump's get-tough policies on illegal immigration. The new administration, I think it's fair to say, has made it pretty clear that their focus is on a humanitarian mission. The border agents we spoke to seem to think they're being turned into basically social workers who will be escorting illegal immigrants into the country versus people who secure the border. Now, it's probably possible to do both, to have a rational immigration policy and secure the border. But reading from the statements that have been put out and what the Biden administration has said through officials like their Homeland Security official and the White House spokesman, they really seem to think there is a singular focus, and that's on reforming our illegal immigration policy to allow more people to come in and stay in the United States, particularly through our southern border. This week's story on full measure, this part of the investigation looks at something really I didn't expect to find. It has to do with unintended consequences that have come with stopping construction on the border wall instantly without any sort of wind down. It was literally stopped overnight. The impact of that is the focus of this week's story on full measure. I got a helicopter trip to see by air, which is probably one of the best ways to look at the border wall, what's been done and what's yet to be done. Um, The trip by air showed 30-foot tall wall. A lot of it has been built, particularly in recent months or in the last months of the Trump administration. Officials say the work was being done you know, three shifts, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They were getting as much done as they could. Remember that when President Trump announced he was building the wall, he had to fight in court for, gosh, from 2017, I think, until summer of 2019, because opponents, um, his opponents on the wall and illegal immigration, fought him every step of the way. He finally won, I believe it was about summer of 2019. So several hundred miles of wall that was built was built in a pretty short period of time. Once they got the go-ahead from a Supreme Court decision to go forward with the wall to the time President Trump left office. So what's happened 
one of the shocking sights that I saw was where there is new wall that's been put in, there are hundreds of gaps that have just been left open, wide open to the cartels. Now, remember, Arizona is a place that has a lot of cartel drug trafficking, less of the, I guess what you could call the deserving people fleeing Central America, more of them come in through Texas, more of the drug activity and cartels come in through Arizona, although there's both in both states, but I'm telling you predominantly what they see in, in each state. So these gaps in the wall with work stopped overnight, where gates were about to be installed, these hundreds of gaps have been left pretty much wide open to drug and human trafficking. And it's pretty stark to see this from the air. So then um, I went to some of these, I call them landing pads because they just look like these giant construction spaces that have been emptied out where they basically staged all the construction when they were building the wall. They even made their own cement or concrete. I don't know if that's the same thing, but whatever they're using in the wall, they were making that in the desert in these giant cleared staging areas that have just completely been abandoned. And I walked around on one of them and saw a couple of pieces of equipment that have been left there. But in general, law enforcement officials say once President Biden signed an executive order that stopped work on the wall, the contractors that were doing construction, they up and left in the, in the course of a day. They pulled out In fact, in the area where I was, I think they told people that they had a job to go to in Canada. And they left this stuff just abandoned midstream. Well, what's the impact of that? I mean, normally I think business people building projects, even if you want to end the project, would normally understand or think that you have to bring it to a rational close rather than just leaving it, particularly when you're talking about tax money and their implications in terms of cost, what happens if you abandon these sites and abandon the work midstream? Will it ultimately even cost more if you don't do it right? On this trip, I revisited a space um, in Cochise County, Arizona, that I had visited about a year and a half ago, where officials showed me this was a prime drug trafficking area because it was a place where There was good fencing up the line, but then it turned into this very lame vehicle barrier that really doesn't keep anybody out because you can just walk over it. And then that turned into nothing but this wimpy six-strand barbed wire fence up in these mountains where the cartels had learned, you know, it's not easy to travel and cross in the mountains because of the terrain. It's really, gosh, they call parts of these areas Jurassic Peak. It's very difficult to climb and cross, but they have the will to do it, and they do. And they know that there's either a very tiny barrier there or no barrier at all. So they had been using this area for a lot of drug trafficking. Well, it was prioritized under President Trump's plan for a wall. And I went back to that spot and saw that in part of that area now, they have built 30-foot-tall wall. But even here, because they've left the work so suddenly there are gaps in the wall. And then you go further up. This is what was really startling to see in the Huachuca Mountains. Again, this is like in an area called the Coronado National Memorial in Arizona. And you go way up. I think you're getting near 7,000 feet. It's beautiful up there from a scenic standpoint. But they have built road where they were about to put a new wall up here. And they've dug these six-foot-deep trenches because they trench deep underground. And they've cleared all this stuff by dynamite. 
and then just up and left it because of President Biden's executive order. It is just a mess up there. So it all just stopped suddenly. I visited some ranchers on my trip because they own a lot of property along the border where wall is being built and where these construction sites are being staged. And I wanted to kind of see where they stood with how things are. And I interviewed a woman named Kelly Glenn Kimbrough. Her great-grandparents homesteaded land there in Arizona back in 1896. So a lot of this land is being ranched and farmed by people whose relatives many years ago homesteaded it. And now Kelly Glenn Kimbrough's family owns 15,000 acres along the Mexican border, just east of a town called Douglas in Arizona. She lives there with her father and her daughter. And I asked her, first of all, what's the status of how many people are crossing illegally? Keep in mind, tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants cross on this ranch land owned by private individuals. People who have been ranching this land in the past 15, 20 years have grown accustomed to having to take guns wherever they go on their property. They've had their houses broken into. They've had every kind of disaster happen to them. The response times for law enforcement or border patrol to come out to these areas, you know, they're so remote, it takes a long time. And then come to find out, depending on what the current policies are, they often just let the illegal immigrant go. So ranchers have told me over the years that when even when they catch drug dealers or illegal immigrants on their property, they try to stay out of the way of the drug dealers for obvious reasons. And the ones who are there, sometimes women or people looking for work, they just point them to where the highway is and let them go. That's, that's pretty much all they can do. But part of what happens is uh, human traffickers that are bringing across groups will cut through the fencing. And I don't know a whole lot about ranching, but a lot of it does depend on being able to keep the animals, the livestock in certain places. And of course, when you start cutting through all the fencing, I've had ranchers tell me they had to hire people full time to just go around and patch fencing every day that's cut through by the traffickers. So this is a big deal to them. And a lot of them, by the way, told me they don't think Americans understand that the drugs that come through there and the impact on them doesn't just stay on the border. This stuff goes into the interior of the country. The drugs are taken to the distribution points up these pipelines, like to Chicago, where all that violence is. A lot of people don't know. Chicago's violent problems largely stem from it being a distribution point for illegal drugs that come in from Mexico. But in any event, back to Kelly Glenn Kimbrough, I asked her what she was seeing in terms of illegal crossings a year ago when things were getting better under Trump's get tough policies versus what she's seeing now. And she said, maybe they caught 10 people a week a year ago on her property. And now she said 50 a night. She even told me that shortly before my visit, a couple of dozen of children got picked up in a truck on one of the roads on her ranch by Border Patrol, children who were being trafficked. And again, there was a time not long ago when people intercepted at the border could be turned around quite quickly and it discouraged more from coming. But now that's all changed already under the Biden administration that will be allowing them to stay and is already allowing minors who come to stay. Now, you're an unaccompanied minor in their view, even if you're coming with other people, you're accompanied by other people, but if one of them isn't your parent, you're considered an unaccompanied minor. And I was told that under policies under the Biden administration and prior to Trump changing things, 
that if an unaccompanied minor crossed with a group of other people, not a parent, that they all got to stay as long as they came with this minor. So you can imagine what that leads to, according to law enforcement. That means there's a market for recruiting or forcing young people to cross with other people, drug traffickers and so on, or people who pay the cartels to get passage into America. There's a market for all of this that we create, meaning we in the United States, by letting them understand that they'll get to stay. We create these markets that exploit young people and minors. Another really interesting thing I did a story on in the past year or two was that the feds pretty much had gotten to a point, again, before these policy changes under Trump, where if minors were caught trafficking drugs across the border, they didn't get prosecuted. They were let go. And once the cartels understood that, they began, according to law enforcement on the border, recruiting minors, both here in the United States and in Mexico, treating them horribly, by the way, sometimes torturing them, but forcing them or paying them to traffic drugs because they understood that if they got caught, they would get released. So we create these markets by policies that I think we think of as humanitarian, but they have these terrible results according to law enforcement. The rancher, Kelly Glenn Kimbrough, says that when she has run into people on the ranch recently asking them, why are so many of you coming? They're telling her now to get amnesty. There's been advertising in Central America by the drug cartels that people who come here now into the Biden administration will be allowed to stay. And of course, that's drummed up business. They pay anywhere from ten dollars to $20,000, these poor people, to drug cartels, patronizing them and supplying them with money so that they can get passage to the United States. As I described in my story last week, that pretty much dried up when under the Trump administration, word got out that they would not be allowed to stay. That market, that black market that benefited the drug cartels and the human traffickers was greatly diminished. And now, by all accounts, it's really going gangbusters again because of the changes in policy. Now, Kelly Glenn Kimbrough, it's interesting, opposed the wall part of which was constructed along her family's ranch land. She said she opposed it because they see the problem with the illegal immigration, but thought that the presence of human law enforcement did a lot more than spending a lot of money on the structure. And I asked her, well, what should happen now? Because she attested to the fact that building the wall literally stopped overnight, was just up and left. And she thinks that's a horrible thing. Even though she opposed the wall, She said, once you start building it and you have the trenches dug and all of this stuff going on, to just up and leave it and not restore and reclaim the land and to leave everything open in these gaps to the traffickers is, uh, she said, irresponsible and needs to be changed. The Biden administration has not necessarily completely abandoned things for good. They have a decision to make about what to do about the midway construction on the wall. We'll talk more about that after a short break. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
The news as we once knew it no longer exists. It's become a product molded and shaped to suit the narrative. Facts that don't fit are omitted. Off-narrative people and views are controversialized or neatly deposited down the memory hole. My new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, is filled with important context regarding the death of the news as we once knew it. Pick up your copy of Slanted today. We're back. And I told you that the Biden administration has a decision to make as to whether and how it will draw the wall construction to a tidier and more secure close. Because right now, trenches left in the middle of nowhere, roads that the cartel is using that were built along the space where the wall was going to go up, but the wall wasn't put up, and now it's become infrastructure for the cartels. Gaps where gates were supposed to be put in along the new part of the wall that have just been left empty and open. And the Biden administration, when I looked at the executive order, gave itself, uh, basically self-imposed a deadline to kind of study this and come up with what to do. And uh, I think it's in about a week they're supposed to announce what their plans are. From their perspective, as I said, they see this as more of a humanitarian mission, and they insist, the White House, that the hasty work stoppage was justified and that they're simply cleaning up the mess left by President Trump. You know, they say that he did great damage to the immigration system, and they really don't talk much about border security. They talk about the treatment of illegal immigrants and people who want to come to the United States. Again, it seems to me as though there's sometimes in this discussion is a failure to recognize that there's a continuum. Not all the people who cross are bad people. Not all the people who cross are good people. There are hard stats that prove that, that prove there are many thousands of people uh, who cross who are ultimately convicted of committing further crimes here in the United States. I think in a period of five or six years, the Obama administration did a study under the GAO that showed there were a million drug convictions or drug offenses committed by people who'd come here illegally. There were thousands of rapes and murders and homicides and terrorist events. And also a GAO study showed that one in five federal prison inmates that we know of when we can track this are people who came here illegally. They're filling up the prisons disproportionately in this country compared to what their population is. So President Trump was right that there are many rapists and even killers who come here and commit crimes. But of course, I've interviewed many under the category of what I think most people would think of as deserving immigrants looking for a better way of life who simply want to work hard, do something good for their families. I've done many stories on them as well. It's not an easy problem or a one-size-fits-all question. I don't think it's just a humanitarian mission. I don't think it's just a border security mission. So we should be hearing in the pretty near future what the Biden administration plans to do. I think they've got their hands full in dealing with this, what people there say is a crisis of people flooding the border in Arizona and particularly Texas right now. Not sure they expected it. I'm not sure I'm not sure why they didn't expect it, because as a reporter who's been to the border only maybe eight times in the past few years, I could see that coming. I think anybody who's covered this story from the border could see it coming, but they seem maybe not to anticipate it. Now they seem to be going into 
a mode where they know they have to address this somehow, maybe aren't quite sure how they're going to do it. But in any event, back to the wall construction that was stopped overnight, they, they build these giant, giant wide roads along the place where the wall is built. They build the roads first so that they can get all the equipment to put the infrastructure in. So there are miles and miles and miles of roadway now where there didn't used to be, where a wall was going in, where they were doing current construction before it was stopped. And I'm going to tell you something good and something bad about this. Something good is, and I'm not sure they really had factored this in originally, Border Patrol told me that because of these giant roads that now are built next to the border wall, they can get to places much faster. Response times to rescue people or to respond to a drug cartel event, for example, a place that was very remote that would take them two and a half hours to drive through because of where they had to drive around and there were no good roads, they can now get to because of the new border road in 25 minutes. This has drastically changed response times for them. So that's the good thing. The bad thing is these roads have now been abandoned. Places where roads were being built and the wall was about to be put up, but the wall's not there now. And any fencing that was there, even if it was like lame little fencing, that's been removed because they were getting ready to put the wall up. Now there's nothing there except a giant road. And law enforcement says the cartels are able now to use these roads because everything's wide open to traffic drugs and people. And that's picked up dramatically in the weeks since the construction has stopped. We basically left an infrastructure there because things were stopped midstream that's being exploited by the cartels. If you want to see this for yourself, some great and fascinating scenery, please watch Full Measure Sunday, March 14th. As always, you can catch us on TV stations near you. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the Full Measure tab for a list of stations. I'm going to be updating that soon because some of the times have changed. That happens from time to time. But if you don't have a station near you or if you miss it on TV, it's so easy to go to fullmeasure.news online. That's fullmeasure.news. You can either watch the program online live at 9.30 Eastern Time on Sundays or watch replays anytime from about 11 or noon Eastern Time on on Sundays. These segments are posted. You can go there right now and watch last week's segments, which I urge you to do. This is an important issue that you're going to be hearing more about. And instead of listening only to reporting that's being done from Washington, D.C. or New York or by people who have perhaps never visited the border, it's good to get a view from the people who live there and work on the border. Local law enforcement, Border Patrol officials, Customs and Border Protection, that's what you'll see if you look at the stories that I'm doing from the investigation down there. And you can also catch Full Measure on the app STIR, S-T-I-R-R, where you can catch it online or on demand. Lots of ways to watch. I hope you'll share it with your friends and let everybody know these important stories are airing. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'm trying to shed light on and give voice to various views, scientific studies, factual information that others are trying to censor in this very dangerous environment. Whether I agree with the views or not, that's not what's important. It's to protect the free flow of information in America. And here's how we can defeat information control. 
Go to CherylAckison.com and check out the Censored tab for more stories and information on censored people, topics, and studies, left, right, and nonpartisan. When you hear that powerful interests or big tech are trying to censor or ban or controversialize information and keep you from getting it, that should be your signal to find out more about the topic that they're trying to control. Also, I hope you will check out my book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Read the reviews on Amazon of Slanted, and it might help convince you that there's information here you need. Do your own research, make up your own mind, Think for yourself.